So welcome to our podcast where we will chat with uh, CEOs and founders of some of the most interesting and influential asset management companies in the world. If you create an inclusive environment where, you know, a lot of people can feel they bring all of themselves to work and they can express all of themselves at work, then naturally you'll have those voices at the table and that is then the, the, the foundation for you know, people to feel more confident, to then achieve results, to, to feel they're set up for success. We will do this uh, twice per month. And today we have uh, Alexander Altinger, CEO of Johambro Capital Management. Thank you so much for being here today with us, Alexandra. Thank you, Patricia. It's, uh, it's a delight to be here today with you. So, first of all, um, let us know. So, who is Alexander Altinger? I mean, what's your background? Tell us a bit about you. Okay. Well, that's always a difficult question because it's not so so easy to answer. I'm half Italian, half German. I, I see myself as really multicultural. Before the age of 15, I had gone to five different schools, lived in six different countries, and, uh, and already spoke about five languages. Um, so I very much understand the feeling of being an outsider because I moved around from country to country so much as a kid. Um, and I think it's made me very sensitive to different cultures um, and helps me understand people from different backgrounds better as a result. I think that's really interesting. I'm quite like impressed. Oh my God, five countries, so many languages. And also you're half Italian as well. And and half German. Yeah, yes, half German. Right. Wow, mm -hmm. uh, it's like a it's like a an interesting mixture, right? <laughs> like the, the Mediterranean side and the, and the kind of like a Northern European side. That's and true. and how did you how did you end up in the financial sector? Was was that always your vocation? Yeah, actually, it was. <laughs> Funnily enough, so because I was so, um, I mean, I I, I I I suppose I was always attracted by sectors that were global in nature because I feel like a global citizen um, and I studied economics and I felt that finance is fascinating because in a way, you know, it's a way of expressing um, or monetizing exposures of parts of our economy. So I really like the fact that it was a fast paced environment. Uh, I like the fact that it's intellectually stimulating um, and it was just, you know, really Uh, international. I mean, I think you can work from anywhere when you work in finance. So all those, all those dimensions really appealed to me uh, when I was growing up. It's like as your life came together when you decided to yeah. <laughs> to work in finance, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And uh, and kind so of. <laughs> yeah. So how was the how was the process for you to to becoming a CEO? Like, how would you describe now yourself as a CEO with all your background and? with all you, you know, um, living in so many countries and, and uh, you know, knowing so many cultures. Yeah. So I, I'll be very honest. It, it wasn't easy. It really wasn't easy. So I think I had to fight a lot, um, fight for the opportunity, fight to be recognized, fight to feel like I had a chance, um, whether it was promotion or whether it was being paid fairly. Um, it, it's difficult. And I think for a lot of women, who work very hard, they sometimes get stuck in certain uh, areas of the business because they become very good subject matter experts. They become specialists in compliance or specialists in you know, marketing or sales, but they're not always given the chance to step up to executive positions 
um, where they're then in a position where they might lead teams and especially not, uh, you know, the CEO or C-suite positions. So it wasn't always easy. Um, I feel like, you know, at a personal level, I have five children. So, you know, being a mother to five children and still having to juggle, um, you know, my career when I had a husband who was also working full time and very often traveling, um, I feel like the burden of, of getting that balance right definitely fell on my shoulders and it was hard, you know, so I sometimes feel like I had to work twice as hard, um, you know, than, yeah, than, than otherwise, um, just, just to get recognized or to make sure that I could deliver the same results. Um, which is why I feel quite strongly today about making sure that we we have a more inclusive work environment and that my daughters, you know, w that it won't be as much of a struggle for them, that I think they have a better chance, I think, at, um, you know, at, at senior positions. I think, like, um, what you say is the experience of many women, like, uh, that you get to one point, but then once you get to that point, it's very difficult to, you know, because you have children or maybe you decide to do other things in life. And sometimes it's very difficult to, to go to this next step. That's why, like, I was thinking as well, like, um, we, we can see, like, more women now in top positions in the industry, but um, but we can, we can, we, we don't see, like, like the proportion of women and men is quite disproportionate when you go to events or when you see like boards, you see like there are maybe one, two women, but it's not like this kind of 50-50 or um, how, how do you think? Like, do you think that the sector is becoming like um, more equal, like gender wise? So here? I don't think we've seen the results yet, Patricia. I think um, there are a lot of very good initiatives out there. Um, you know, whether it's in the UK, we have things like Investment 2020, which does a lot for ensuring that children from underprivileged backgrounds or inner city schools um, are able to enter the finance and asset management industry. They help them, they coach them. Um, you know, initiatives like 10,000 Black interns that you may have heard about on social media is getting a lot of traction. So I think there are a lot of initiatives out there and that's fantastic and we need to continue to promote those initiatives but we haven't yet seen the result of those initiatives come through certainly not into senior executive management and where i think you still have the highest disproportion is really at ceo level in finance it's one of the industries that is lagging most of the other industries in the world uh, in terms of pay gap in terms of number of women in ceo positions Uh, I almost think it's easier to be a woman on a board than it is to actually, um, you know, become a become a female CEO in finance nowadays. But I think we will get there. But we, I think, we need to move faster um, because at the rate we're going, it would take us another, I think, 60 or 70 years is, is what the statistics say. Um, so I think we, we we need to to pick up the pace. Well, that's a lot. Like 60, mm -hmm. 70 years yeah. is like. Yeah. a long time to become long. Like the same level as, yeah. as, a, yeah. as a, I mean, I, I'm like, I'm so like, I, I try to be like a bit positive about this as well. Like in terms of like, uh, maybe like 20 years ago, it was worse. <laughs> so even if we are like long way to get to like an equal, um, equal gender equal market, we are, we are trying of getting there. Hopefully you, your daughters <laughs> will be able to have, uh, an easier uh, way to, to get there, right? And also like leaving gender apart as well, because I believe gender is very important, but 
when we when we see like all this ESG, all this S part, sometimes like we we kind of forget about that. And what do you believe like in diversity? Um, do you see like the the sector is still like very not diverse? Like do you think um, it's a pending subject? Yeah. So I think you're right. I think the focus has been very much on gender initially. Now in Europe and the UK, it's turning to race. Um, so I think that's, you know, that's the second leg of it. But we need to do more for, um, you know, the LGBTQ plus community. I think we need to think about diversity in a much more open minded way. One of the very big areas of diversity, I think, are introverts versus extroverts and making sure that we have environments that are conducive to promoting and um, attracting introverts, um, because very often finance is regarded as, you know, kind of alpha male sector, and even females who succeed tend to have to display certain characteristics. So I think that needs to change. I think we need more role models of different types of personalities. Um, that can also be seen to be succeeding. So I think we definitely need to uh, be more open-minded. And this is where the shift needs to go from diversity to inclusion, because I think actually it starts with inclusion. If you create an inclusive environment where, you know, a lot of people can feel they bring all of themselves to work and they can express all of themselves at work, then naturally you'll have those voices at the table. And that is then the the foundation for you know people to feel more confident to then achieve results to to feel they're set up for success and then you can promote and then you can you know allow those people to take leadership positions in the organization but if you don't create that safe inclusive environment to start with even if you hire diverse candidates they're not going to stay and even if they stay they're not going to express all of themselves you're not actually getting what you want to get in terms of different opinions or input. So, so that's really what we need to get right. And, and that's why I think the inclusion piece of it is so important when we talk about DNI. I agree with you because sometimes it looks like um, people that are not like white and, and especially like uh, men that are white. <laughs> and it's like the rest of the people are like quotes. So you have like this kind of like, okay, yeah, we want to be more diverse, but we are only a quote. So I really like that part when you say like everyone needs to sit in, in the table. So we have like a more diverse conversation and we can hear like other voices. And I liked also the part of the introverts and extroverts because as, a, as an introvert, sometimes I struggle as well, like trying to make my, my voice um, heard. And, and it's true, like as a woman, as a woman as well, like we tend to be more like quiet and we tend to be more like Oh, let's don't say this just in case. So I, I really like that part. I think it's like a, a really interesting point of view. But apart from that, like, do you think like in the last 10 years, um, do you have, because from my point of view, like um, I'm 34 now and I have seen how in the last 10 years, the since I was like 24 until I'm like now 34, like things have changed so much, like in terms of diversity. So now diversity is everywhere. Do, how do you how do you feel like things have changed like well i think social media has a magnifying effect and an accelerating effect so that you reach that tipping point faster with the help of social media than you would have done otherwise um but i don't think social media alone can create mindset changes 
I mean, I think we really need to convince um, leaders within, again, I'm just talking about finance because that's a sector I know, of the benefits of having, you know, that diverse and inclusive leadership. And I will tell you one thing, Patricia, I, I, I do think that one of the big takeaways from COVID has been the importance of, of employees and staff as primary stakeholders for business. And I think, you know, more than ever before, there's a recognition that if you can't attract and keep good people and keep your employees, um, then you can't really succeed as a business. And so it's important for leaders to engage with their employees, to have a people-centered leadership style, to understand when they have mental health issues, to understand their needs, whether it's taking paternity leave when, when young fathers um, you know, have, had to have, have, have had new families, or when um, you know, people need a bit more flexibility. I think all of those factors, they were always important, but now it's been magnified. It's been made, people more vocal about those. So I think the new generation, you know, wants to see the values in the workplace, the same as the values they hold close to their heart. Um, they need to feel heard. They need to feel like they have an impact, that they have a voice, that the environment is fair. Um, and I, I think they're being much more, you know, explicit and vocal about those expectations more than ever before. And if they don't feel heard, they will leave. I don't think a bigger bonus or a higher base salary is going to keep them. I actually think that employers and leaders need to need to to to, to manage those stakeholders very differently from before. And this is where I think, again, diversity does come in. And I think that's the one thing that has changed post-COVID that perhaps will accelerate where we get to in terms of overall diversity within the financial sector is, is just this idea that employees have a much bigger voice today. They can vote. They finally have voting rights, you know, in a way that they never had before. So you see then like a generational change in I do. people. I do. Like very people. much so. Yeah. 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 And they've been empowered. I think post-COVID, you've just broken that stigma of work from home. You can work from home, you can work flexibly, and you can still be high-performing and, and, and a huge contributor. That, 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 it, it, that is no longer incompatible. You, you know, for, for 20 years, I had to leave the office at four, you know, when I worked, because I had my young children. And it was, I was the only working mother in the whole company for many, many years. And I was the only one who would leave the office at four. I came in at 6.30 in the morning, but I left at four so I could see my children when they got home from school. Um, and I was really the only one, and that was hard. Uh, you know, and I would have loved to be able to work from home, even just half a day a week, e you know, even just one day, every three weeks would have made a difference for me, but it was impossible. It wasn't, it wasn't possible at the time. N now you can do that. I guess as well, like the technology has also allowed to, to be able to do that because I guess before it was more like also the, the culture of like being in the office all the time, you have to be like these hours. And now I guess like you have the results, there are those results and And if they go, like, it's fine. And I'm going to ask you this question as well, because I'm really interested in... in uh, so this is like, we are changing a bit, but I wanted to ask you this, like, because obviously success means something different for uh, each person. And I wanted to ask you, what does success mean to you, Alexandra? <laughs> so that's a, that's a really open-ended question. Um, so I think as a CEO, for me, it means, you know, achieving 
strategic objectives that have been set for the business. I mean, that that has to be part of being successful as a CEO because that's really um, that that's 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 an integral part of the role. But I think it has to go beyond just those those financial metrics. Um, I think it's in my in my personal experience, um, it's about having an impact to the to the broader community around me. Um, and really trying to change things for the better um, and contribute and giving back. So I, I, I'm very aware of the fact that I've been lucky to get to the position I've gotten to as a woman. Um, and I feel very strongly that I need to give back and allow other people um, to succeed as well and, and help make their path an easier path um, by speaking out. So I, I think it's important, you know, to have the courage to speak out when you see things that are not right. Um, and so, yeah, success to me is, you know, beyond just the financial metrics, I think it's having a positive impact on the community around me, um, on helping empower other, it's not just female leaders, it's other leaders from different, um, you know, from different backgrounds, you know, who are outsiders, who, who didn't have the networks that some people had or who didn't go to the schools, you know, that are the obvious schools to go to, who didn't have the introductions, who didn't have the financial means, who didn't have the connections. I think those are really the hurdles. Those are the invisible hurdles, but those are the toughest ones to overcome. And I think we need to go out of our way to make sure that we give those people chances. So that to me is is success. I mean, I think it's a really nice definition. I really liked it. And uh, so just... Uh, linking this with uh, with the next question um so like as a ceo and also as a woman i know like you don't want to give like that importance of being a woman i think it's very important as well um or, like at other women that look at you like i'm looking at you and all the women like maybe um or more in finance and and see you like as a reference uh, or would you say to this like women or to this or to, to that people that are, are looking at you and And what advice would you give to them? I would say two things. <laughs> the first thing I say is, if anyone ever tells you it can't be done or you can't do it, don't listen. Prove them wrong. That's the first thing I'll say. Just don't listen. Because people tell you that all the time, all the time. And I, I never listened. I just thought, you know, that, that motivates me even more to show you that you're wrong. And then you just don't <laughs> do it. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is don't compromise on what's important to you. And, and that's, that, that you need to be very honest with yourself. So when I had my first three children, I was very clear that no matter how attractive the employment offer, if I didn't have the flexibility I wanted in terms of timing, um, then it wasn't going to be a job I was going to accept. And that was my line in the sand. And I always respected that, always. And it was difficult because I was the only one, as I said before, leaving in the middle of the afternoon. Um, but it's something I did religiously because the, those things... That, that, those were my values, that that's what was important to me. You know, my children came first, my family came first. Um, and I just think you need to be really honest with yourself when you define those values and you set those lines and then you don't compromise. Um, and then people will start to respect you for that. Because if you respect those boundaries, other people respect those boundaries as well. That's what I found. So those are the two, my two pieces of advice. I think that is a really, really good advice uh, because I think sometimes people forget, you know, about their 
there i mean about sometimes people compromise too much just to keep a job or just to you know to, yeah. to keep like um going up in the ladder yeah. especially especially women again it's true. <laughs> but, so true. but yeah so yeah we have got to the end of the of the conversation we don't have time for for more questions but um it's been lovely chatting to you alexandra and and i hope you also had a good time and yeah, I absolutely did. Thank you so much for reaching out, Patricia. It's been no lovely worries. talking to you too. Good luck. Um, uh, yeah, and thank you so much. And uh, yeah, thank for you. everyone listening, just stay tuned. And, and we'll be back in two weeks. Fantastic. And don't forget to follow up on social media. And, and thank you, Alexandra. And good luck with everything. And with being an amazing CEO, as I can see you are. And speak soon. Okay. Thank you so much, Patricia. Thank you. Take care. Bye.